Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And good evening. On the home of Royals baseball once again in Kansas City, it is time for Vern's Hot Stove. I'm Royals insider Josh Vernier, pleased to be with you as I am each and every Thursday night from 6 to 7. Coming up tonight, Royals starting pitcher Michael Waka stops by in about 15 minutes and Royals bullpen coach Mitch Stetter coming up at around 640. But I, I want to start in Arizona. I need to hear from Boots on the Ground, someone I trust. Uh, with someone that's been there for it all, owning the beat, her fourth season covering the boys in blue for MLB.com. Annie Rogers, kind enough to join us to kick off tonight's edition of Vern's Hot Stove. Annie, I really appreciate the time. I know a very long and busy day, so I'll get right to it. Uh, you've heard it all before from different managers, from different players, different front office personnel in your years covering ball. of. Yeah. This spring, boy, there, there's a different feel this spring. We, we've already heard it this season. Uh, so I'm wondering, from your experiences, is there anything at this year's camp that feels different compared to your previous campaigns? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, you know, like I kind of roll my eyes. Yeah, of course, it feels different every year, right? Um, but as far as um, what I've observed this year, uh, I do feel like it's a little bit more businesslike, uh, which is also a super uh, big cliche, uh, which I know. But it is a little bit more professional. Um, you kind of see, obviously, the veterans that they brought in, they know what they're doing. Um, they're, they know exactly how they want to take their ramp up. They know exactly you know, how, to, how to build chemistry in the clubhouse. But you're also seeing some of the young guys that we've talked about at length um, over the years, they they get it now. Um, they know what they need to do. They Nobody wants to go through what they went through last year. Um, so they they kind of have a different approach to this spring training. Everyone kind of knows where they need to be, what they need to do uh, after a year of experience. So it's kind of interesting to, to see. It's something that I haven't been used to really uh, uh, since I've been here. Uh, but, it, but it's really nice, honestly, to, to kind of feel that. It's different from last year when you had the hope of the new coaching staff, the excitement. 
there. Uh, a lot of really interesting stories to write there. This this is a little bit different um, with with the new additions. So, um, but but yeah, it's it's been good so far. It's a lot like what we heard from Vinny last season, where yeah, this 2023 season stinks, but at least we're going through it together. Maybe we'll be better off as a unit coming out of it. Hopefully, that's what's happening in in, in spring. Is there a name? I and again, I understand it's only two weeks. Um, I, I I tend to you know, try and read into the positives, uh, but but uh, through through your eyes has has anyone been able to impress you in just the first two weeks of camp anything stand out to you yeah there's there's been a couple um the first thing just what what, the first thing that pops into my mind as we talk about the clubhouse and the the vibe of camp is is will smith um you know they brought him in as a veteran leader uh a guy who you know he's obviously been around with different teams but to see that in action to see him kind of bring the team together and have some fun with with things in the clubhouse, but also get his work done. Um, that, that's been interesting for me to see um, something that I maybe haven't seen uh, in years previous. I think he's going to be a really, really good addition to this clubhouse. Someone who's going to hold guys accountable, uh, but also ha- has a lot of fun. Who's going to hold himself accountable too. I've heard nothing but good things about him from other media members uh, from teams uh, that he's been on. So I think he's going to be a really good addition to the clubhouse. As far as on the field, um, you know, Walter Pennington, I wrote about him in my newsletter. He's a non-roster invite. He's kind of turned some eyes as, as for what he could maybe bring to the, to the staff as a depth piece. Um, uh, but a lot of the new guys, I think what we've seen has been what we expected. Uh, Seth Lugo and Michael Waka throwing strikes. Um, you know, I, it's just nice to see early on as they start to begin their ramp up. You mentioned your newsletter, uh, latest comes out today. A nice piece on Pennington, Nick Lofton as well. I, I got to get your thoughts. I mean, you, you know me, Annie. You know how much I love that clubhouse, that uh, speak it into existence stuff. Uh, but in your newsletter last week, a great quote from Alec Marsh. He says, quote, I got the stuff. I got everything I need to make the team. I belong on this team, end quote, Alec Marsh. Uh, it, did it come across as um, uplifting as, as it did in, in your words? What do you, what do you make of his role this year? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was actually talking about this today with uh, a couple of different people, but the way he has uh, walked around uh, on the field, in the clubhouse, uh, there is just so much more confidence from Marsh this year than um, in years previous. I mean, it's been, it, it's night and day. Um, and a part of that is because he has had has his experience. Uh, he ha- tasted a little bit of success at the major leagues. Also, you know, had to, had a bit of failure as well up there that he's using to motivate himself. So it's it's a lot different from him as far as his role on the team. Um, I think he could absolutely earn that, a long relief role uh, with the Royals. Maybe see what we've seen what we saw last year a little bit with having an opener coming in for some bulk innings, that sort of thing. If if they need uh, need more innings from him, um, I also think he could you know be a, a one inning guy too with his stuff. Like I think the there's a lot of different roles he could fill, but for now. He's building up as a starter, um, and he's going to be looked on for, for depth in the rotation. Uh, but I, I really like where he's at. Looked good again today uh, in the game against the White Sox. Gave up a home run, of course, uh, on that two-seamer, which is what I wrote about in my newsletter. Uh, so that always has to happen, right? Um, but, um, you know, he talked about throwing that in, in, the, in the right counts and things like that. So his head is in a, is in a good spot. 
Royals beat writer Annie Rogers of MLB.com, Royals.com, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, you wrote about Brady Singer yesterday, him and his new weapons, a, a sweeper, a four-seamer to go along with that sinker-slider changeup. Uh, you know the story of Brady better than anyone. Uh, the, the I don't want to say reluctance to throw the changeup in years previous, but when the bullets start flying, he's sinker-slider. Are you buying it that he's all in with these new pitches that will see him when the season rolls around? You know, I, I'm going to remain skeptical uh, just because, like you said, we've, we've seen this before. However, him showing those pitches yesterday in his spring debut, it was only two innings. He only had a couple pitches to work with. He's going out there. He's got the adrenaline of, the first, of his first spring start. You know, as much as these guys are, are pros, they, they, feel, they feel the nerves. They feel the excitement. And he still threw through those, those new pitches. He talked about his four-seamer afterwards. You know, he's throwing it a little bit too high, so he needs to get that back down into the zone. Um, but he got three strikeouts all on his sweeper. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, now, we've got to see it in games that matter. Uh, we've got to see it when, you know, he's in trouble in, in those games. So like you said, uh, he, he's going to go back. To, he's gone back to his strengths. Um, so we've got to see it in real games. But I think this is the right step. And he was pretty brutally honest with me for that story. You know, he he uh, took some hits last year, and, and they gave him the evidence of why he should add those pitches. Uh, and and he, he bought the case not only because of the evidence, but because he didn't do well last year. So he knows he needs to make a change um, if, the you know, the Royals believe in him as a starter. Uh, but this is the year, really, to, uh, to fortify that belief with a well-rounded arsenal. No doubt. I found it encouraging. Annie Rogers, MLB.com. Final thing for you. You recently wrote that it appears as if, with the Carlos Hernandez injury, that it appears three bullpen spots are up for grabs. Do you think any name has a grasp on one of those final three? I know it's not a firm grasp. We have weeks to go, but who are the dark horses who's standing out early? Yeah, I think one one of those spots uh... – should and probably needs to uh, go to a long inning guy, long relief guy, maybe a rotation hopeful. We've talked about Alec Marsh. I think Daniel Lynch uh, could be in that spot. Anthony Veneziano as well on Hell Zerpa. Um, just because of the schedule, the way it works out, uh, there's not a lot of off days in those first couple of weeks of the season. So they're going to need they're going to need a guy who can pitch some innings for them. Um, so I think that's one spot. Uh, I also think John McMillan could potentially. Um, make that make that roster uh he he is healthy he's just so they're bringing it on him on a little bit more slow to start the spring he threw a live today uh we'll start to be in cactus league games coming soon so he just needs to check check those boxes uh, making those live appearances going back to back later in the spring uh, but i do think he has as a grasp and then it's a it's a competition i i wrote about the name there's there's a lot of them i think some of the non-roster invites will We'll get a chance there too. So um, that's that's one that's the big roster battle that everyone should probably be talking about all through spring. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, look, no, nobody's more on the inside than Annie Rogers of MLB.com. Read her work there at Royals.com, and of course, uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Follow on Twitter for all the latest with your boys in blue. Annie, greatly appreciate the time tonight. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, and tell Andrew I said hi. All right, thanks, Vern. There you go, Annie Rogers, MLB. Dot com. Hey, uh, I, I heard, was it Fesco in the morning mentioning this earlier today? Uh, Royals, uh, opening day, what, uh, three weeks away, four weeks, what are we, four weeks away from opening day? 
Uh, sweets. You can buy a sweets at the K in April for as low as 99 bucks. That's royals.com backslash tickets. Michael Waka, Royals starting pitcher, joins us next. Vern's Hot Stove. If you miss any of the show, you can listen on demand with the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. On your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, and we're back at it. Vern's Hot Stove on 610 Sports Radio. This and every Thursday from 6 until 7 o'clock on your home for Royals baseball for approaching 20 years now. 610 Sports Radio. Hey, if you ever miss the show, again, all things Vern. Subscribe, rate, review, all of those things that uh, professionals are supposed to say. All things Vern on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Um, yeah, $99 for a sweep. A sweet. I've, I've never um, had my own sweet, but yeah, you, you can check that out. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Royals.com backslash tickets. I'm listening to the Royals game earlier today, listening to Ryan Lefevre and Steve Stewart share stories about the championship years. They, uh, Ryan told the story of that uh, six-run bottom of the ninth comeback, the Brett Eibner game winner against the White Sox back in late May of 2016. I want to take you back to late May 2013. I know I'll never forget this day. I know our guest will never forget this day, and I would venture to guess many of you will never forget this day and night. May 30th, 2013, Royals in St. Louis on a Thursday night. Hours earlier, Royals bring George Brett in as the new hitting coach. Remember that? Of course, along with now White Sox manager Pedro Grafal. So George and Grafal take over. They demote their two hitting coaches to the minor leagues as the Royals had lost 19 of 23, eight straight games. They found themselves in dead freaking last. Meanwhile, you're in St. Louis taking on the first place. Redbirds, we all wanted to puke. And Michael Waka, a first-round pick from just the year before, 21 years of age, is making his big league debut against the Kansas City Royals. And that's only half the story, right? Yeah, that game featured four hours and 32 minutes of rain delays. The final out came at 3.14 in the morning. I got on the air with the postgame show around 3.45 and stayed on the air until I handed it off to Fesco and Kling at 5.58 here on 610 Sports Radio. So I had a chance to talk with Michael Waka earlier today and asked him, man, 3.14 in the morning is when your debut ended? How many friends and family even stuck it out? <laughs> uh, not many of them, uh, I would say. So, yeah, from from that night, yeah, it was definitely a very memorable one. Um, you know, I think it started in a rain delay. Um, so it was about an hour delay there. And then, yeah, about the seventh, eighth inning, another rainstorm coming through. And then we don't get back out there until about, yeah, like you said, 3, 3 a.m. in the morning. I had probably about... 45, 50 uh, tickets there, you know, come to see my debut. That's, uh, you know, family and friends and, uh, you know, just a lot of people come to support. But uh, we had we had a kind of like a little after party dinner kind of set up for after the game to get everybody uh, to hang out and celebrate. And uh, yep, they they all said it was a great time. <laughs> uh, they 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 blew it out is from what I heard. Um, obviously I wasn't able to join in, 
But yeah, I was able to link up with a lot of them the next day. I think only my my parents, I think they came back. Nice. Um, I think they got a little nap in at the hotel midnight to to two. They did come back and say hello and you know congratulate me and everything. But yeah, that was a that was definitely a memorable debut there because it was definitely different than any other game I've ever played in. Well, here we are now, almost eleven years later, and you're still doing it, still at a high level. Uh, sure, it's what a lot of people maybe expected from you coming out of college, but. Lord knows you've seen plenty of first round picks come and go. You've seen flashes in the pan in your career. What are you proudest of to do what you've done with the rather consistent pressure that you faced throughout your career? It's kind of crazy hearing, yeah, the 11 years later uh, type of deal. So, uh, yeah, I was able to hit that 10 year mark last year. And, you know, as a baseball player, you know, that's kind of the holy grail that 10 years and so getting to celebrate that last year was definitely a very cool feeling but yeah i mean it's you know just kind of putting your head down and you know going to work every day you know you're never satisfied with where where you're at as a player and always trying to get better and that's in the off seasons um you know you're, you're putting in the work to be able to perform in season for the 162 game season and then in season you know with the scouting reports and your lifts and conditioning and making sure you're ready, you know, every five days uh, is a grind in itself. But, you know, always learning things to to help you out in your game. That's kind of what I've been most proud of is going going day to day with it and, uh, you know, keeping the head down and, and always working. The work, the sacrifice is something that has always impressed me about a lot of big league ball players, almost all of them that stick around as long as You've been in the game, uh, but uh, it, it's always hard uh, to, to dive into a player's competitiveness. Sometimes you can see it. Sometimes it's happening behind the scenes. H- how would you describe your competitiveness? Uh, I would say I'm a, I, I like to compete, I would say. You know, my family growing up, uh, I'm one of four siblings, and, you know, there was a lot of Backyard baseball games, a lot of one-on-one, two-on-one uh, basketball games in the in the driveway. A lot of elbows to the face, and a lot of a lot of competing out there. You know, even at a young age, you know, I don't like losing in anything. And so, especially whenever you get me out on the baseball field as a pitcher, you're out there by yourself. You know, it's kind of that mano a mano, me against you type of mentality. I think to be successful, you got to have that high competitive spirit, be able to turn it on whenever the the lights turn on. You got to be able to compete because you know that guy is in there as well. That's he's trying to trying to make a paycheck as well and trying to do this as their job as well. So, you know, they're bringing bringing everything they got and you got to you got to match that if not go higher. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be coached by a really lot of good coaches that that had that competitive spirit you know my dad was one of those that taught me that work ethic that competitiveness you know i've been very fortunate fortunate to be coached by a lot of really good coaches that instilled that in me as well royals starter michael waka joining us here on 610 sports radio royals are your sixth team in, in in six years i can't imagine that's really easy but watching from afar it seems as if you've ingrained yourself with every clubhouse with every team 
what's the secret of, of walking in a clubhouse and, 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 and forming a unit with the guys? Whenever <laughs> it, it was, it's kind of a surprise to me, you know, kind of thinking about it now, you know, whenever you come up and get drafted by a team and you spend six years, what, six, seven years with them, you think that, you know, you're going to pitch your whole life with them. And then sure. next thing you know, it's <laughs> six different teams in six years, uh, you know, kind of signing those one-year contracts. But, you know, just very blessed to even be able to have the opportunity to to do that in the first place. But, yeah, walking into the clubhouse, it's it's always a lot of new faces, a lot of names that you've got to remember and things like that. But lucky for me that I've I've played with a lot of different teams and played with a lot of different guys so more times than not there's been at least two to three guys that I've been teammates with I've played against a lot of these guys uh you know across the diamond for years as well but I think one of the most important things as a as a pitcher is is kind of getting with those catchers as early as possible um whenever you get into the into the clubhouse and talking your repertoire because a lot of these catchers have never caught me before and just trying to get on the same page with them I've found has been the most beneficial and getting that started up as early as possible that communication and that connection between the pitcher and catcher is one of the one of the biggest uh in the game I think it's one of the most important things in the game yeah and I mentioned this to Will Smith and Hunter Renfro a lot like you were yeah you've been with a handful of teams over the past half decade but they're all quality organizations with good GMs and good managers, which tell me that you, know, you, you were targeted because of not only what you do on the mound and on the field, but also what you bring in the clubhouse. Uh, Will Smith seems like a great guy. Hunter Renfro seems like a positive to any clubhouse. And it seems as if you, you fit right in there. It's just a business and people are vying for your services. No, absolutely. You know, whenever I do leave a place, you know, I'm very thankful for, for my time there and not burning any bridges because I know these these teams and these GMs and these front offices, they talk to, to find out what kind of guy you are. And uh, that, that clubhouse culture is very important to, to a winning, winning team on the field. And so having a good culture in that clubhouse, I think is very important. Guys that lift each other up and try to try to bring the best out of them. I mean, obviously, there's it's a it's a big league clubhouse, so <laughs> there's going to be some right. ragging and some 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 busting a little bit, but uh, all in good nature, all in good fun. But uh, definitely here to help out, trying to bring everybody up, everybody's levels up to championship caliber caliber level, and uh, you know that that really brings the, the whole team up and, you know, brings a lot of wins in the season as well. I believe just a couple more questions. I, I was listening to an interview you did and you said, Adam Wainwright taught you how to be a big leaguer. I was interested in, in what that lesson or those lessons that, that he taught you, where do they start? What do they begin with? What's, what's the first few steps of being a true big leaguer? One of the first things that uh, I got into St. Louis, that first spring training camp, you know, I was able to talk to him. I was able to watch from a distance. Uh, I watched how he went about his business. You know, one of the things he, he always talked about was a routine, something that you knew that would get your body feeling good um, to go out there and play catch for your bullpens, uh, for your outings. That's what you're eating on your start days in between uh starts what what are you putting in your body to to help you feel the best out there 
And what are you doing in the weight room and conditioning wise to to get your body strong and you know recover as well? So I think Wayne, I mean, he's taught me a lot of stuff, but I think getting that routine and understanding, hey, this is this is something that I can fall back on. This is no matter you know who we're playing, who's in the box, or how big of a playoff game this is. Like, hey. I know that this is my routine. This is what helps me get ready for a start and kind of brings it back into, hey, this is just kind of any other game at this point. But no, that I owe a lot to that guy. He's helped me tremendously. You, you mentioned no matter how big the playoff game and man, you, you've just been in the big league so long. You're not even that old, but you've just obviously uh, going into your 11th season. It's It's impressive and it obviously gives you a different type of perspective with that said with a decade in the big leagues what 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 does that perspective make you think about what you did i'm not trying to make it this uh this is your life michael waka but uh, what you did at the age of 22 nlcs mvp six and two-thirds scoreless in game two against the dodgers and then seven scoreless to win the pennant outdueling future hall of famer clayton kershaw uh, that's now 11 years ago. I, I have to imagine you appreciated more now understanding just how bananas it is that you went out there and did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was definitely one of those things where in the moment you're not really thinking about it too much. You know, you're, Hey, this is my next start. That's what we're doing. Even in the off season though, whenever you sit down and reflect, I remember, you know, thinking it was, Hey, that was, that was a good year. Um, you know, you know, we made it to the world series, you know, I was pitching well, but yeah, like you said, 11 years later, looking back at it, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a really, really cool feeling. Yeah. You see almost every postseason now different graphics pop up on the screen where, Mm -hmm. you know, with the MVPs of, of the championship series and stuff, you know, just little reminders uh, of that. But it's also reminders that, uh, you know, I don't have a ring. And, uh, you know, that's something that that has been pushing me for 11 years now is uh, working to to get that World Series ring, be that last team standing. And so that's the drive that pushes me in the offseason to to wake up in the morning and go get those workouts in and get the arm ready for the next season to to go out there and compete and try to bring the team with me to to win that World Series ring. We talked about you learning from Adam Wainwright. Brady Singer had a chance to do that last year during the World Baseball Classic. Uh, What's that relationship like, uh, a growing relationship between you and Brady? What advice have you been able to pass along to him? It's been really good with Brady. Yeah, we've uh, been able to watch a few of his bullpens and uh, was able to watch his outing uh, yesterday a little bit. He's a stud. I've been kind of watching from afar, you know, the past few years, and uh, he's, he's got tremendous stuff and he's always looking to get better and that's what that's what you love love about some of these some of these guys on this team is hey they're they're not complacent they're not content with with where they're at they're adding pitches or asking questions on hey why do you like to throw this here or uh, in different situations what are you looking to do here but uh just having that mentality is is the first step in kind of taking it to that next level and so you know really excited to be pitching the same rotation as him and uh looking forward to a big year from him for sure no doubt no doubt final thing for you just for the royals fans listening uh, you've been a part of a lot of uh, quality clubhouses and winning ball clubs are are the conversations happening in spring 
reflective of a quality clubhouse, a, a winning team? Are you, is it looking the way you want it to look? Does it sound the way you want it to sound? Oh, absolutely. No, I think uh, Q has been doing a great job running camp, being able to talk with Sweeney and a lot of the staff. You know, I feel like they are heading in the right direction. They understand kind of what happened last year and ways to ways to fix it or ways to kind of move forward. It's the right mindset for sure. We've got everybody here, you know, showing up. They're ready to work, get our work in and, uh, you know, go have fun out there in the games. You know, that's what it's about. You get out there. The games are fun. You know, we, we put in the work on these backfields, uh, in the cages, on the mounds to go out there and have fun and compete in the games. And so I really am encouraged, uh, you know, by the conversations, by the meetings we've had with this staff and the conversations with the players have been great as well. So definitely a lot of excitement coming into this uh, 24 season. And, uh, you know, it's right around the corner. Well, Michael, I can't thank you enough for the time. Hey, appreciate it. Have a good day. Royals righty Michael Waka joining us earlier today here on 610 Sports Radio. Appreciate his time. And to go back to what we heard earlier from Annie Rogers of the the feel is a touch bit more professional. I think after listening or talking to Michael Waka, you can see, and you know, you, you, you hear what Annie had to say about Will Smith and his presence inside that clubhouse. It forces those younger Royals to mature. And, and, that, and that's not me saying that they were reluctant to grow. It's an indoctrination into what big league baseball is about when you're watching a Stratton, a Smith, a Waka, a Lugo, a Renfro, a Salvi. When you see the way that they go about your business, you either fall in line or start to feel as if, man, am I going to make it in this game? So, yeah, certainly a more professional attitude, a more business-like attitude out there in camp. It's not, oh, gee, shucks, we're happy to be here. Can you believe it? We're big leaguers. No, they've checked that box. Now it's time to win, and you love to hear that. Thanks again to Michael Waka. Quick timeout. When we get back, we'll talk with Royals bullpen coach, Mitch Stetter. That's next. Vern's Hot Stove. If you miss any of the show, you can listen on demand with the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez caught. 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, back at it. Fern's Hot Stove, this and every Thursday leading you up to opening day, which is now just four weeks away. So three more editions of Vern's Hot Stove and then 162 editions of the On Deck Show and of the post-game show as we get ready for the championship season of 2024. Uh, Yes, text line, the Fountain Pass is back. I know we talked about it a lot over the past few years. Man, this is right up. If you're a college, uh, late high school, just out of college, and you like you like ball, to me, this is perfect. It, it, it's great for most ages, but $39.99 per month, Royals Fountain Pass guarantees you access inside the cave for every single Royals regular season home game this year. Guaranteed standing room ticket to every game and the ability to upgrade your ticket an hour before first pitch. So, yeah, the uh, Royals Fountain Pass is back for 2024. Also back for 2024 in his second season as the team's bullpen coach, but his 20th, 21st season in baseball, his 10th as a coach, second as the Royals' bullpen coach. He's the former big league reliever, the side-armed lefty for the Milwaukee Brewers. We shared time in the Brew City. Uh, Of course, Mitch on the diamond, me behind the microphone. It was a great time to be there. Um, We spoke earlier today, and I wanted to start with the, the, the coaching profession, and, and what about it first intrigued Mitch Stetter about, about leaving the mound, staying in the game, and turning to coaching? Um, I think, I think um, early on um, in my career when I started, when I started pitching, I, I, just, I, I saw what the coaches did and just how they helped guys, and, and just I always wanted to do that. I wanted to be a, a coach in high school. I went to, went to school to be a teacher. And I wanted to coach, and I kind of I, I kind of learned that when I was in high school. Um, loved my football coach, baseball coach, those guys, and just wanted to uh, resemble what they did. And and I got into pro ball. Um, I knew I wanted to to, to stay in it. And um, as I as my career ended, and I started having some back some back problems, and I got I got into coaching right away. And I've enjoyed it. Enjoy helping players and try to impact them and and help them not only on the field but off the field. Do you find yourself connecting with players more on a personal level, uh mental, emotional more so than hey I'm trying to give you Xs and Os pointers? Do you do you find that uh, that aspect of the game is more prevalent today than maybe a decade and a half ago when you were getting started? Yeah, I think, you know, the game's obviously the game's obviously changed. There's a lot more, you know, data and the analytics part of things and stuff like that. And, um, you know, now with pitching, Edgertronic cameras and track man and pitch data and how we can help make guys better. And but I think um, I, I still feel like a young guy, you know, I still feel like a young coach and can connect with them on that level. And I feel like I'm a nice blend of a little bit of the old school style and, and the new school style. I was reading an interview you did uh, back in your playing days and, and, and you described your style as a pitcher and mentioned that a lot of my pitching is deception. And, and, and that to me is something that we talked a lot about the past few years with Zach Granke. And I always found it courageous the way that Granke pitched. Anyone that is at that level 
that relies on guile and deception. Of course, everyone is talented because you can look silly. You know, if you're trying to just deceive a big league hitter, he can make you look real silly if you miss. I was always impressed watching uh, you back in the day in Milwaukee, Granky, anyone that is relying on deception and, and outsmarting the opponent. Well, I think, I think, you know, it's, it's guys, you got to try to find a way, you know, if I didn't throw very hard, so my fastball probably wasn't good enough and my stuff maybe wasn't good enough, but kind of found a way with a sidearm arm slot and um, I threw on the far first base side of the rubber. So to left-handed hitters, it looked like I was throwing from second base. You know, that's what a lot of hitters told me. So I think, um, you know, you, you have to find a way to stay in the big leagues. You have to find a find a way to do it. And sometimes, you know, your stuff, as you get older, your stuff, you know, isn't as sharp, isn't as good. And you find different things. You see guys do hesitations now with their deliveries and, and things like that. And guys moving on the rubber to be more deceptive and creating different angles for the hitters. And I, I think it's smart. I think it's smart for guys to to figure out a way to stay. Were, were you always open to tweaks and changes or do those at times come from you know, desperation of, Hey man, I'm about to get knocked out of this league if I don't make some sort of a change. Yeah. So I had a coach in low a that was a sidearm pitcher that pitched in the big leagues. Uh, his name was Rich Savore. And um, it, we were just throwing a flat ground one day, and he asked me to, to drop down and throw a slider. And that basically uh, clicked with me. I, I threw it, and it was pretty good. And I decided to take it into a game whenever I got 0-2. Um, I would throw it to a left-handed hitter and get some bad swings from it and, and kind of built it you know, on from there. And once I got the AAA, I was only throwing the slider, and they were like, hey, you should probably throw your fastball from there too so they don't know a slider's coming. So... Um, started to mix both from that different arm slot, um, but that was kind of the the key for me to to really you know make it to the the major leagues. What are the best attributes a reliever can have outside of having you know a nasty fastball, great stuff? I'm not talking mentally, uh, preparation wise. What are you looking for in your ideal reliever? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, consistency comes to mind, like consistency in your preparation consistency in your daily routines and then you know having a growth mindset you know if you want to stay in the major leagues for a long time you got to have a growth mindset sometimes guys have to change you've got to maybe add a pitch or um, add two pitches or throw to different locations than you're used to because hitters start to get to know you well um, you know everything's tracked they have stuff on the computer on on every pitch you throw so hitters are going to know what you're doing and sometimes even if it's during the year or if it's after the year of making little tweaks and using different pitches in different locations or adding a pitch um, I think that growth mindset's huge. Royals bullpen coach Mitch Stetter joining us just for a few more minutes here on 610 Sports Radio. I mentioned Granky a moment ago and uh, the, the courage that it takes to lob a 69-mile-per-hour curveball up there. Speaking of the future Hall of Famer, how, how much did you enjoy sharing a clubhouse with him as a teammate in Milwaukee and then, again, sharing time in a dugout with him as a coach? Yeah, I mean, Zach's great. I mean, he's always looking to get better and watching him with his preparation. You know, when he's done with a game, the very next day he's preparing for his next game, um, physically and mentally and, and scouting hitters and stuff like that. I, I played catch with him a few times and seeing his throwing programs and what he does to develop feel. Like we played catch one day and he throws all of his pitches from 60 feet, 75 feet, 
90 feet and 120 feet. So he's throwing 120 foot sliders and stuff. But uh, watching him go about his business and and how he did that throwing program, I think you know helps me as a coach because I it gives you ideas to use for for younger guys and how they can develop feel and and maybe throw the ball over the plate more. I was just going to ask that. Does he make you a better coach? It, it, is there anyone else that that you've been around, whether it's as a player? Uh, or as a coach yeah i mean one guy for sure trevor hoffman i got to play with in milwaukee and i mean he was just you know the ultimate teammate he was just a leader of the bullpen and and we did things together as a group and just the attributes that he brought every day to to the field and his routines and and to pitch for as long as he did and close as many games that helped me out a lot yeah he was a pro's pro and i've mentioned to you before your five years in the show in Milwaukee run parallel to the five years uh, that I was a windbag on the radio in Milwaukee. And, <laughs> and man, what a time, right? Um, the city of Milwaukee was starving for the postseason. You debut in 07, team's good. Ryan Braun wins rookie of the year. Prince Fielder's a monster. That team had a lot of talent. But in 08, you guys bring in CC Sabathia. He's pitching every three days. He's robbed of a no-hitter. What did you learn about CeCe, who I think is going to be in the Hall of Fame next year or two years from now? What made him great? What were you able to observe? I mean, that guy, like you said, he went on three days rest. So he would go out there and throw seven, eight innings. And then the very next day, the morning I would get there the next day, he was in the gym working out. So he was his preparation started. And, you know, we had to scale back his bullpens and stuff like that. But he would go three days off and then do it again. And it was like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, you know, um, being a part of baseball for as long as I have. And I actually, I named my first son, I named my first son CC after him because I, I thought, I mean, it was incredible what he did and, and to get us to the playoffs um, and have that experience of pitching in the playoffs. And it was a incredible job. That, that first full big league season in Milwaukee, I don't even, I don't know how you would even describe it from all of that with Sabathia and then a five and a half game lead in September is slipping away. Ned Yost is fired in the middle of September. I mean, your head had to be spinning. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I remember, you know, that day when they let Ned go and Dale Swaim took over and, you know, everybody was, was pretty shocked, but you know, the, like you said, the lead started to slip away and they made a change there. And then, um, I mean, we ran it all the way down to the last day. I think we, we won our game and we went inside. Uh, we had to watch the Mets. The Mets needed to lose and we were all watching it in, in the clubhouse. And, and once the Mets lost, we celebrated and, and went on, on the field and celebrated with the fans. So it was special. I still have that video on my phone of you guys piling out of the dugout to celebrate with the fans, man. Uh, you know, that and then what happened here in Kansas City in 14 and 15. I mean, it's I would imagine why you first started playing. It's why when I realized I was no good at anything, I, I had to continue to be around sports. Um, yeah, what a wild time. Okay, so fast forward now, spring training 2024, a lot of new names in the bullpen, a lot of new names in the pitching staff. Who has stood out to you in the first few weeks? Not, not stuff-wise, but like personality-wise, energy-wise, what they're bringing to the team, the intangibles. Yeah, I think... Um comes to mind is a couple of the guys that won the World Series last year, you know, bringing in Will Smith and Chris Stratton to the bullpen, um, guys with some experience, uh, a veteran presence that we're going to have in the bullpen really makes you feel good about it. Um, 
you know, Nick Anderson coming in. We just traded for John Schreiber. Um, so we've got some guys that have, have done it before, but just starting to develop those relationships and, and building trust with those guys has been has been great. And I, I think um, these guys are these guys are going to help us a lot. They're going to help the young guys and we're going to be better for having them around. Do you gravitate to or does Will Smith gravitate to you? The lefties just bond with one another? Yeah, I'd say, you know, the lefties always have a bond. You know, we always. Um, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk trash to the right-handed pitchers sometimes when we're doing our PFPs and stuff like that. So, um, we do some athlete stuff with our pitchers fielding practice and, uh, yeah, the lefties usually stick together. So that's a, it's a good bond. Mitch, final thing for you, just for the Royals fans listening, what, what are the conversations like? How are they different from last year among the players, the goals and what this team desires to become? Yeah, I mean, obviously, getting some players in the off season, having some new guys. Um, there, there's a there's a little buzz in the air around here right now, and um, we think you know we want to compete in the American League Central. You know, we want to win the division and make the playoffs. And um, you know, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. But um, the guys we added, you know, where we're at. We think it's going to be a great 2024 in Kansas City. Well, I'd love to get your thoughts on that whole Ryan Braun UPS delivery dude thing, but I know you're busy. You got to get back to work. Uh, we'll discuss that at a later time and date. Mitch, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. You guys remember that story? Of course you remember that story. Uh, again, I was in Milwaukee covering that every day. Ryan Braun's trying to ruin some random UPS driver knowing darn well, no, I did cheat. I did take PEDs. Anyway, again, like I said, we'll have that conversation sometime uh, down the line. Thanks again to Royals bullpen coach uh, Mitch Stetter. Great conversation. Great thoughts on CC Sabathia. Uh, thanks again to uh, Michael Walker and Annie Rogers of MLB.com. Again, if you ever miss Vern's hot stove, uh, the pregame show, the postgame show, they're all able to um, be downloaded, podcasted. Just subscribe to the All Things Vern podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you, you, you heard there, right? Mitch Stetter says it at the end. Yeah, there's a different vibe here this year. Last week, Alex Umwalk talked about the different feel in the cage. We talked with Michael Waka. I think you can understand where that different feel comes from. Again, with the professionalism of the champions or you know pennant-winning players that the Royals acquired this offseason. Uh, what those acquisitions also do, we've discussed this over the past few months, is allow some of the burden on Cole Reagan's shoulders, on Brady Singer's shoulders, on uh, James MacArthur's shoulders. It alleviates some of that burden. No longer are you looking at Cole Reagan's and saying, you must be our number one for us to have any chance of being a competitive team. Now, he needs to be good, don't, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't need to be the guy that we saw in the final two months of last season. Needs to be good, needs to be consistent, needs to be solid. Now, if he is that guy, well then, shoot, uh, there's no reason why this team can't compete for the division title. But Waka, uh, Lugo, Stratton, Smith, it, it, it just has a way to allow these younger arms to slot in a position where they should be slotted. How many times did you and I 
uh, bemoan the fact that here we go again, another royal season where they're putting young men in positions they are either incapable of handling, incapable of delivering, or have already told you time in and time out, we're not capable of this role. Right, thrusting Brady Singer into being the number one. Daniel Lynch, we need you to be a top three starter. Chris Bubich, you got to be the number two. It's asking a little bit too much. Now Brady Singer's entering the season as this team's what, number four? Speaking of Brady Singer, from the conversation we had with Danny Rogers about him adding the sweeper, him adding the four-seam fastball, him throwing it in a spring training game yesterday, she talked about what a big year it is for Brady. There's no doubt about it. To me, it's all in front of him. I I told you last week, he, to me, is one of the three keys to the season. If Brady meets or exceeds expectations, suddenly this rotation is four deep with solid starters, consistent starters, guys that you hand the ball to knowing you're going to get five, expecting six from. To be four deep with pitchers like that, that takes you from a 70-win team to a 75-win team. Now, Brady, Reagans, MJ Melendez, those, those guys to me are the ones that are going to swing the pendulum one way or the other the most for the 2024 Royals. But it's all in front of Brady Singer. Whatever he wants out of his career, it's in front of him in 2024. Do you want to be a Royal long-term? You can go earn a long-term contract this year. Do you want to be on a winner by the end of this year? Do you want to be in the postseason, wherever that might be? Well, you can go earn a trade by pitching your tail off in the first half of the season. It's all there in front of them. Do you want to be a Royal long-term? Do you want to be an you know, Do you still consider yourself an ace? Do you still believe you're a guy that can take the ball in game two or game three of an ALDS? Because if so, we all remember two years ago, that was the expectation. We were expecting Brady Singer to lead a rotation, to be one of the top arms in a competitive rotation. He can still be that guy. It's all in front of him. These next three months, what do you want out of your career, Brady Singer? It's all in front of you. All right, and just like that, another edition of Ernst Hot Stove has come to an end. I'll talk to you again next Thursday, beginning at 6 o'clock. Live from Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona. Can't wait. Thanks to Julio Sanchez for the help back at the studio. Thanks to Annie, Michael Waka. And Mitch Stetter, I'll talk to you next Thursday at 6 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio. Take care. Vern's Hot Stove. If you miss any of the show, you can listen on demand with the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. 
extreme minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.